everyone, and welcome to Youth Positively Speaking. My name is Paige Ewing, and I work at Prevention Resources as the Multimedia Specialist for Positive Youth. Prevention Resources is a nonprofit located in New Jersey that is dedicated to promoting health and wellness of individuals, families, and community through education, collaboration, advocacy, and treatment. As always, I have with me Erin Cohen, the Project Coordinator of Positive Youth. Thanks, Paige. I'm Erin Cohen, and the Positive Youth Initiative focuses on building countywide capacity to reduce substance misuse for youth in Hunterdon County ages 9 to 20. So today we are very excited to have with us Sasha Condus with us today to talk about adverse childhood experiences, also commonly called ACEs in the world of prevention, um, and how those really shaped who she is today. So welcome, Sasha, to the podcast. Hi, thanks so much for having me. Um, so I grew up in a very dysfunctional household. Both of my parents are alcoholics. My mom has about 16 years of recovery now, which is super awesome. Um, she got sober when I was about 11. Um, and today she's one of my best advocates. Um, my dad is still actively drinking. Um, it's hard to watch him do that to himself, but it is what it is. Um, with that dynamic, there was a lot of stress in my household growing up, a lot of uncertainty, anxiety, instability. Um, on top of her alcoholism, my mom also has mental illness, which is like, you know, double whammy in terms of, um, you know, the effect it had on my brother and I. I remember my childhood just being very, you know, lonely and sad. I didn't feel like I had a lot of support. Um, neither one of my parents were very emotionally available, um, especially my mother. Um, and yeah, I just have lots and lots of memories of being alone, crying a lot, not knowing who to go to, um, not really having any other kind of adult support in my life. It was very isolating. Um, I didn't have a lot of friends either during my childhood, so there wasn't that kind of support either. I was bullied pretty severely. Um, and I think it was about, I was about 15 or 14 when my parents finally divorced. Um, and at that point, my dad moved out and he moved to Los Angeles and was gone for a couple years. My mom went back to grad school, so I was pretty much like a latchkey kid. Um, and that's when I began uh, drinking and doing drugs. And I very much believe that the reason why I turned to drugs and alcohol was because of the lack of support at home and feelings of isolation, um, the effect that my childhood had on my, you know, emotional and social development. Um, it was definitely a coping skill for me. And um, I started drinking pretty problematically when I was about 16. I would go out and drink every single night um, with my friends. I always made sure that I kept my grades up because I knew that if my grades were good, my mom would stay off my back. Um, got all the necessary things done so that I could do what I really wanted to do, which was drink. Um, I was really depressed during that time. And um, 
fell into a pretty abusive relationship when I was about 16 or 17. I was with him for about two years. I didn't really have an understanding of what a healthy relationship should look like because my parents were so dysfunctional, not only with us, but with each other. They fought all the time when we were young, um, screaming, throwing things, um, all that kind of stuff. So I didn't really have a framework for what a healthy relationship would look like. Um, and I was in that relationship for about two years. And when I got out of the relationship is when I started doing heavier drugs. I started doing cocaine when I was about 18 years old. Um, and yeah, so that was my childhood. <laughs> and um, I went to college and I had all of this unaddressed stuff from my childhood, all of these adverse childhood experiences. Um, and it had a really intense effect on my mental health as well as my drinking and my drugging um, because I didn't develop properly. Like I didn't have those skills going into adulthood that people who had healthy childhood experiences had. Um, I didn't have really good discipline. I wouldn't, um, I wasn't like a very resilient young adult. Um, I, you know, like all, just all kinds of things like that. I just didn't have all these skills that other people had. And it was really, really hard for me to get healthy and get back on my feet. Um, so I continued to drink, continued to do drugs for a couple of years until I couldn't take it anymore. I don't remember exactly what that moment was, um, but there was, I hit, a, I hit a point where I knew I couldn't do it anymore, that I was, I was gonna die if I continued. So I stopped. And when I got into recovery is, you know, when I really took a look at my childhood and the way that it impacted me. Um, there's some small resentment there against my parents, you know, like, why couldn't you just have been there for me? Um, you know, like, why couldn't I have had a healthier childhood? But it is what it is. Um, I've learned to live with it. I've addressed it in therapy. It's taken a lot of hard work to undo the maladaptive coping skills and instill, you know, healthy, um, you know, like he a healthy way of living. Um, it's taken a lot of work and a lot of time and a lot of therapy, but I'm slowly getting there. Um, you know, every single day's work. And today I have a really good relationship with my parents. Um, like I said, my mom's my best advocate now. And that's because she got sober um, and was able to work on herself and see how she was being harmful to me and my brother. Um, my dad, I'm a little bit distant with still just because he still drinks very heavily and there is some dysfunction there. Um, so I love him from a distance kind of, if that makes sense. Um, but, you know, I'm aware of how my parents treated me. I'm aware that it had an effect on my life and I'm aware that I have the power to change that. You know, that doesn't define who I am. It doesn't mean that I'm hopeless um, because there are tools and resources that I can and have used to undo all of the, you know, maladaptive stuff that I learned when I was a child. So growing up in that household, um, 
when we were talking about ACEs before and defining ACEs and what we talked about last month is that when you are living in instability and chaos, that's a huge, um, has a huge impact on children. And so living with that instability of your parents fighting and arguing and using substances um, really had that negative effect on you. Did your brother have the same issues as you? Yes. My brother um, has a substance abuse problem as well. He doesn't, well, I shouldn't say that for him, um, but I believe that, you know, he doesn't, he hasn't recognized it yet, but my brother struggles as well. Um, He's also in therapy for the way that my parents treated him. Um, He also had a learning disability growing up. So there's like that extra layer of trauma that I didn't have um, that he faced because of the school system. But, you know, my my brother and I don't really talk about it too much. We kind of have just let, you know, the past stay in the past. So I'm not 100% sure how he feels about it or how he perceives it. But I know that it's definitely had a huge effect on his life as well. Mm -hmm. So when you talk about the relationship with your mother now and how it's much better and how she's your best friend um, because she's sober, have you talked a lot about how you felt back then? I mean, I'm assuming that it's pretty obvious to her at this point that um, you had your issues and you're in recovery. Has she acknowledged that? Have you all spoken about that? We talk about it sometimes. Um, She holds a lot of guilt and a lot of shame for the way that she treated us when we were children. Um, And you know, sometimes she wants to cry on my shoulder about it. And that's when I set a boundary with her because I'm not here to take care of her anymore. That's one thing that I learned. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have the tendency to try and take care of others um, before taking care of myself. But yeah, we talk about it sometimes. Um, and I know that she feels a lot of remorse and regret and that she's doing her best. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I just know how much as a child, I looked up to my parents and how much they were role models for me. And so, you know, I I can't imagine what it would be like to have that hole in in my life, just because I know how much how influential parents are on their children. Um, And I'm so I'm so happy to hear that somehow that maybe a little bit of the hole has started to be filled with you and your mom now. Um, because as a child, like you're, like you said, like that's who you look up to. That's the only adult that you know in your life, how to adult. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And when I was a child, it's like, you know, when you're a child, you can't help but look up to your parents just developmentally. That's where you are. Your parents are kind of like, you know, they're your world in a way. Um, and I just remember looking up to them when I was a child and being confused, like not understanding why they were screaming at me or why my mom threw a book at me or this, that, and the other, um, and wondering if that was normal. I remember, um, like, when I was 11 years old was the first time that I realized that people hung out with their dads, because my dad was always gone. Um, And it's a really confusing world to navigate when you're in that situation. You take on all this stuff that you think is normal, and then you slowly figure out that it's not, and it's hard to reconcile that. And did you find yourself like seeking out other adults to kind of fill your parents or did you have like a distrust of adults in general because of your parents? Um, I would stay at my best friend's house a lot. Her family was like a second family to me. 
but um, <laughs> to be honest, her parents were pretty dysfunctional too. Um, and, you know, I think I gravitated towards that because I grabbed, dysfunction was all that I knew. And so when I looked to other parental, other people to be like a parental figure, like, of course I would fall to someone who's also dysfunctional. Um, yeah. <laughs> I think what you were talking about with, um, it being normal. So children who are growing up in situations that are not stable, don't really know the difference because like you said, your parents are your world. So you don't really know what's normal and what's not normal, you know, how a household right next door could be completely different. And so it is interesting that once you kind of get out and you realize, okay, so I shouldn't be at heightened alert and feel this isolation or anxiety, you know, and instability. Um, it's just a normal, it's your normal way of life until it's not right. Until you see that that's not really the way that you should be living. Yeah. And with that came some, you know, some anger and some resentment, um, like not understanding why it had to be me. Um, you know, like, why are my parents like this? Like, why can't they just be normal? Um, but at the same time, like not quite understanding what normal is. And when being exposed to normal parenting, um, like as my mom got healthier, being kind of like, I don't know, almost like taken aback, you know, like not really like understanding the changes, because um, it was so different from what I perceived to be normal. Yeah, actually, that's really interesting. So did you when she became sober when you were 11, and her parenting changed and your parents got divorced, and your mom was a little bit different? Was it hard to adjust to that and, and accept her for that way? Or were you really happy about it until you reflected upon it? With my mom, it was like there was good days and bad days. And slowly there was more good days than there were bad days. Okay. Um, so it was like, I don't know, there was like a sense of distrust because one day would be a good day. And then the next day I would get hit um, and not understanding why my mom was acting that way when she had just been so, you know, like normal or kind or different. Mm -hmm. um, and so it was a bit confusing at first. So do you think that the relationship that you moved into with a boyfriend who ended up being abusive toward you, do you think that it just kind of was the next order of events because you had already kind of seen dysfunction in relationships, you know, and how long were you in that relationship? And then kind of what made you finally walk away? Um, so I met him when I was 16. I was with him until I was 18 so I was with him for two years um I honestly feel like it's a combination of two things um one I didn't have a framework for what a healthy relationship was supposed to look like so when I was in an unhealthy one I didn't really realize it and two I was so comfortable and used to chaos that it was almost, I don't know, like I was like feeding off of it in a way. Or like almost like comforted by it. Yes, exactly. Mm -hmm. um, and it took me a while before I was able to be in a healthy relationship where I wasn't super codependent. Because that's one thing with um, adult children of, or just children of alcoholics in general. Um, 
we grow up to be very codependent because we're so used to having to take care of the parent um, that we often seek to take care of the other people in our lives as well um, at our own expense. So um, it was really, it took a really long time for me to, to learn what a healthy relationship was. That definitely was not my last unhealthy relationship. Um, mm -hmm. And so, you know, obviously now growing up, like you still are always working to kind of combat the things that you learned as a child, but do you ever, and I don't know if you were ever thinking about kids, but like, does it ever worry you that it's like, you didn't have that role model of what parents should be so when you become a parent like what do you worry about that a little bit yeah um because I know for my mom at least um you know it's very the trauma has been like passed down her my grandmother was you know she was who she was um she wasn't the best mother either she was very abusive um my mom had her issues and I have mine um but I also know that I have the power to, to stop that, you know, like I don't have to hand down my trauma to my child. Um, I can be the person that puts an end to it. If I work on it, I just need to be aware of the fact that like I have these tendencies and these maladaptive, um, you know, coping skills or whatever. And when I do become a parent one day, like keep that in mind when I do, decide how to parent my child. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're right that there's that cycle, that cycle that continues to happen. And at some point, someone needs to break that cycle. And so, you know, it's, I'm really happy for you, Sasha, that you've been able to kind of um, figure out what a healthy relationship is and boundaries and really um, learning on learning how to just be in relationships just in general. So that's, it's really exciting to see and kind of gives you this whole bright future to look forward to one day. Thank you. Yeah. And it's definitely a process, you know, like recovery is a journey, not a destination. Mm -hmm. And I have to be kind to myself on the days where I do return to my, you know, like my maladaptive coping skills or um, like my codependence, things like that. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. But I think it's such a wonderful thing to see that even with growing up with childhood struggles, you know, adverse childhood experiences, there is a way to recover and to, you know, kind of learn how to have those healthy relationships and those, you know, healthy moments in life. And so I think, I think that's why I love stories from the street so much is like, there is such a message of hope because of people like you. And I hope that if for anybody who's listening, whether they're a child or an adult, you know, they can say like, it's going to get better and I'll have to work on it, but like, I'll get there. And I think really we should mention that, you know, therapy does wonders, right? You can't really do it on your own. You really need to seek out help and get that support system that can help teach you and guide you and work out the feelings that you're having. Absolutely. There's no way I would have been able to work through my stuff on my own. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Well, I want to say thank you so much, Sasha, from coming on, telling us about your story. Um, for anybody who's listening, if you didn't listen to our past episode, we talked with Karen Whitico and she told us a whole bunch more about ACEs. Um, and for more information about ACEs, please visit our website at njprevent.com forward slash positive youth. And thank you for listening in. We'll see you next time for more youth, positively speaking.